and stand a lot of guard duty. Then I went overseas and we ran around the jungle and stood more guard duty. And then we floated around on Navy ships. And did I mention when I stand at guard duty? Uh, a lot of that. But after uh, four years, I was honorably discharged. And then I went to college. And in college, I, um, I decided to sign up for a Marine Reserve unit uh, based out of Waterloo, Iowa. And I would drive down to Waterloo once a month. That was an artillery unit. I remember I, I was infantry, but since I had served four years active duty and was honorably discharged, they allowed me to go to this artillery unit. Now, I thought it was great because my first weekend of drill there, we loaded everything up into trucks, we, we got on a bus, and we drove to an artillery range in Wisconsin. And there we shot the 155-millimeter howitzer cannon. And it was awesome. I'd highly recommend it to anybody. Now, in, in my infantry mind, you know, we're kind of simple in the infantry. I thought the process was simple. You load 
existed or that he even left us some nuggets of wisdom to follow or cute sayings we can put on our living room wall. But I'm, I'm saying acknowledge why Jesus came and for what purpose. Let, uh, let me look again, read again, verse 2 and 3 of 1 John 4. This is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and already, even now, is already in the world. What's the big deal about acknowledging that Jesus came in the flesh? Well, it has to do with the message of the gospel. To say that Jesus has come in the flesh is to say that the message of the gospel and the method of fulfilling that message was both needed and accomplished and fulfilled. It's really about each of us saying, yes, I need a Savior from my sins so that I can have a relationship with God the Father. And we could spend weeks, you know, defining what the gospel is, but I think if I can, like, like bring it down to a concise saying, is simply that Jesus is our saving king. So the gospel is it's good news, it's God's news, and it's news that was promised, talked about back in the Old Testament. It centers on Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah or the Christ, and that Messiah of God has come in the flesh to us, and that was part of God's plan from the beginning, and it was designed to bring all people to obedience to him, faith and transforming everybody who believes in him. And Jesus as our saving king dealt with the sin problem that separated us from God once and for all. So Jesus, he is the king who saves and calls us to a transformed life. It's not about being a good moral person. It's not about, you know, following the Ten Commandments only. It's not about religion it's about a relationship that is life-saving and life-transforming. And Jesus is calling you to that. So I want to ask you this morning, Jeremy, is Jesus your saving king? Now I know that here at Journey we're kind of a mixed spiritual bag on Sunday mornings. You know, some of you are here because your parents made you come. You know, some are... Uh, some of you are here because your boyfriend or girlfriend dragged you here. Some of you are here because football season is over and there's nothing better to do on a Sunday morning, you know. But seriously, maybe you're, you are here today because you are curious about who this Jesus is. Maybe God's been tugging on your heart a little bit. Or may, maybe you're here this morning because you are looking for a church community that focuses on Jesus that focuses on making disciples. Or maybe you're here this morning because you have a desire to follow Jesus as your saving king, to be changed by Jesus, to begin to live with a new mission, with a new purpose in this life that only he can give us. See, acknowledging Jesus as your saving king is, is a life that's going to be continually uh, changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit within us. It's a life where God is going to continually push you outside of your comfort zones as he calls you to serve him. It's a, it's a life where we need to live by faith and not our own ability.
I've said this before, but what you believe about Jesus, it really does matter. You know, is he just another enlightened teacher? If that's your view of Jesus, then he is tolerated, well, barely, as just one opinion, one option among many. If, however, he is the very incarnation of God, and we believe that he is, then the message of the gospel is true, and he is the only option salvation amidst a multitude of wolves and sheep false prophets false spirits and false teachers so this confession of Jesus that we're talking about and his mind engaging his heart felt and soul committed and in his life changing it's all encompassing it's about our head it's about our heart it's about our hands it's about how we live our life and on this confession authentic Christianity stands both the fullness of God and the fullness of humanity are alive and present in Jesus, the Christ, God's only Son. So is this Jesus in you? Truly? Therefore, this is the most important test that you will ever take. In a real sense, it determines everything. And why? that's why we can say this is the ultimate final exam, but it's a true and false final exam. You know, even the, even the disciple Simon Peter, for all of his thick-headedness and stubbornness and saying the wrong things at the wrong time, even he got it right when he was questioned by Jesus in Matthew 16. Talking to, talking to Peter, Jesus asked, But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Attorney, what about you? say Jesus is? Are you grasping a hold of this true Jesus with your entire life? And when we grasp a hold of Jesus like this, it tells us in our text that the greater, greater spirit is in us. And I think what John says in, in verse 4, some of you need to hear and grab hold of today, that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Because I know some of you feel down by our culture, by what our world is teaching. Maybe you've been following different spirits and false prophets, false teaching, and they have led you down the wrong path. They've led you to where you are lost in life, and you come to the end of this, this path, and you realize that you're left without hope and in a dark place, and you're wondering what's next. Well, the Spirit of Christ, who is in all who believe, is greater than this world system and it will assault us daily. Those false teachings will try to seduce you, faulty worldviews will attempt to confuse you, and our own sinfulness yearns to enslave us. But we are in Christ. And we live by this glorious truth that the greater spirit is within us. So how does that work? Well, is the world strong? Yes, but God is infinitely stronger. Are there false prophets out there that are wise and appear to be wise? Yes, but our God is infinitely wiser. Is Satan great? Kind 
where the Bible says Jesus is God, that they wander away and deny his eternal deity. Where the Bible says Jesus is sinless, they wander away and say that, well, he probably committed some sin at some point. Where the Bible says that Jesus did miracles, they wander away and say those are myths or fables. Where the Bible says Jesus is the only Savior, they wander away and say, well, it's really a multiple choice option, and there is no wrong answer. Where the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, they wander away and deny the need for even a sacrifice. Where the Bible says that he rose bodily from the grave, they wander away and say the disciples, they just imagine that, that whole thing. When the Bible says that Jesus ascended into heaven, they wander away and say, that's just a myth. When the Bible says that Jesus is coming again, they wander away and say, that's just pop Christian fiction. When the Bible says that when Jesus returns to judge us all, they wander away and say that God is love and eventually all will be saved. See, the Bible says that God first loved us, and he demonstrated that by sending his son, Jesus, the Messiah. Journey, if, if God were to give you a test today, what would it reveal? I mean, we might look the same on the surface. We dress kind of the same. We use the same Christianese language. We sing the same songs on Sunday. But what's 